Welcome to Coop Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, and remember I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you something, people. It's been like 50 degrees or maybe 48 lately at night, and it's a joke, okay? Everyone acts like they're freezing. Me and the lovely Joanne were out for dinner Saturday in Glendale, and we're looking out the window, and it's like 6.30, and I swear to God, it's like four, maybe 50 degrees, and these idiots are walking around with ski caps, which given the hipsters always wear ski caps during the year, but they're walking with these ski caps and mittens and scarves and we're like it's 48 I mean Joanne because she grew up back east and I've only been out here for a year she had like a sweater on with a scarf she was fine I had a jacket on it's like all you need is like a sweater and a light jacket and then last on Sunday night Sunday night I'm sitting there watching the news and they're live from Burbank and the girl is sitting there the the Heidi whatever her name is the newscaster the blonde on CBS which narrows it down to all of them and she's sitting there and she's interviewing people and she's like oh it's frigid out and I'm going it's 48, I mean, I could walk down, I could write, I was wearing shorts, I could have walked out with shorts. So it's just funny because everyone's going crazy about this frost. They actually had on the news, they had frost on the top of a car in Burbank. Frost. That was a news story. They actually went and they showed frost on the top of a car and it was like some big thing it's like like not the baby Jesus was in the frost it was just frost anyway enough it about that scared me to death yeah, we have Christine Blackburn as my guest <laughs> how you doing Christine hi Steve well, how are you you grew up uh, back east so you're I used did. to this weather I'm from Pittsburgh but I'll tell you I've been freezing cold I came in here today in my ski jacket and my and my ski hat you were and wearing a beanie frankly I gotta tell you I think part of the fashion or you know wearing these these heavy coats and these scarves and hats and gloves is the fashion end of it, right? We never we never get to wear different clothes in LA. So when the temperature dips, you know, we go to our closet. Look, oh my gosh, I forgot I had that coat. You know what's funny? I always wear hats all the time. Because you don't have any hair. Exactly. But no, but also I just like hats. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, you know, but you're right. I don't have any hair, but I wear, but what's funny about it is I have a like I have like no beanies. I have like twenty five hats. And what was pissing me off actually was I have some very nice hats. They're only winter hats. Like today people are wearing a black Run DMC how with a Run DMC shirt and I have a black leather jacket so I look like Run DMC if they were white hot but, but I know how you it, it, it's true you because you get that wardrobe and you look at it and this year has been so unseasonably hot I mean I don't remember I mean up till Christmas it was it was probably like eighty Beautiful. a lot yeah and now it's just but it's funny is when you look at it though and it's true I think we become desensitized from the weather. It was, it's like, it's still 53. I mean, it's so funny. Like, you had your ski cap and all. And if you think, if people from Pittsburgh saw you, they'd spit on you. I know, but listen, here's the thing. In Los Angeles, most of our apartments and houses aren't insulated well. The windows aren't necessarily, you know, insulated. And so there's just, often like my apartment is colder inside than it is outside. Do you have hardwood floors? I have hardwood floors. That's why. Because for me, what good about me is, we live on the second floor, mm -hmm. and we have a two-level. So the people on the bottom play, put the heat, and the heat rises, that goes to the first floor, <laughs> and then it gets up to the second floor, ends up being warm. Our place is, is pretty warm, yeah. and we have the sliding glass windows, but the hardwood floors is what kills you, because if you, I mean, they're just, they get cold, I and mean, your I feet get cold. I have to have hardwood floors, though. You know, sometimes, like, when I, I clean up after my daughter, or, you know, there's cat hair on the ground or whatever, I think it's so gross, right? Like, there's all this stuff on, you know, it's gross on the floor, but I think... If I had carpet, it would still be there, right. but I wouldn't see it. That's true. And that's I, more disgusting. That's like when I had cats, you know, the, it's like, it was just gross. You know? Yeah. And then now, you know, I don't have pets anymore, but, uh, but yeah, I agree with you. So now, did you have a good Christmas? I had a great Christmas. You, you have the daughter, I did. Alabama. I did. I have a daughter. Yeah. She's seven years old. And um, this year for Christmas, she wanted an American girl doll. I wanted an American boyfriend. It's John Freeze. You um, should go with John Freeze. I, oh, you think so from Pittsburgh? I, I just know John from, from <laughs> online. But I know he knows you. Yeah, we so. do. It's a Facebook thing, exactly. I think. Exactly. Anyway, and I don't care if he's American, by the way. So American uh, to the American. But they're expensive, yeah, those dolls. They are. It was like $150. Did you get her it? Yeah, I had to get it, you know. You know, me and her dad, as it were. She actually went off on a rant on me about what I was getting her for Christmas. And I said, you know, Alabama, your dad and I will make sure that you have a great Christmas. Don't don't worry about, you know, Santa's going to come and that's what's important. You're going to have a great Christmas. And, and she went off in her, you know, she's almost eight years old and I, I can see the teenager in her now. She said, you're telling me you're not getting me anything for Christmas? Because I'm not, I'm not one of these parents who has to take credit, you know? Right. I said, listen, don't worry about it. You're going to have a great Christmas. I'm your only daughter. I'm your only child. And you're not going to get me a present for Christmas. <laughs> and I said, Alabama, don't worry about it. 
Now, but see, I would have just said you get coal. But she, yeah, she's so funny, right? I mean, she she takes the Santa thing very seriously. No, no, so she still believes? She does, and I understand that kids believe now until they're like nine. See, that's great, because you know what, I know, and, and I was talking about this last, uh, with a few of my guests in the last few weeks who have kids, and I think it's great. Like, I, I, I believed late. I don't know when I stopped believing, but, because for me, I was talking to my friends, Christmas was such a tri- tradition in our house. Mm-hmm. Like, basically... In Jersey. Yeah, and we thought, you know, like we could put one decoration on the tree. Right. And then Santa decorated it. Like we come back the next morning and the whole tree would have lights and all decorations. And my parents would put wrap presents and then the presents that Santa gave us. Right. So, but we weren't allowed to play with the presents Santa gave us until they came down. And of course, they would be up till two in the morning putting crap together. Right. And you know, then they'd have always, they'd cook some duck and have dinner. Like I remember I walked down one time and they were like, what are you guys doing? Santa. And they go, Santa might be here soon. Get upstairs. So I, it's two in the morning. I run upstairs. Wait, and, they had a duck out? You, no, they, they, they would cook duck. They would, my mama cooked duck. They were cooking, duck. A, cooking a duck. She, they okay. were eating it. They were eating the, uh, in, okay. the, in the living room. All of a sudden, I thought you were on a farm. No, 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 okay. no. God, no. But nothing against people on farms. But no, yeah, there's <laughs> ducks running around. Yeah, ducks dresses reindeer. <laughs> so I had a really skewed look. But no, so but for me, it was a big thing. And I and I loved it as a kid. And, you know, and I think it's great that kids believe longer because it, there's that fascination because no it's wonderful because, it is because because so many kids are punks now so many kids are damn punks it's awful they're like these they, they're video game punks and they don't want to do anything and they're snot i mean i'm sorry yeah it, I, but now but it's good they believe because it makes it makes it makes kids not as much punks yeah well you know my daughter recently became a brownie at, okay, well, at that's seven good, years though. old and um i went to her brownie investiture and she actually had to stand up and and tell a you know say a vow and i thought what can a seven-year-old say as a vow you know like i vow to you know be a good friend listen to my parents maybe recycle but the vow was i vow to serve god and my country that's all right. And I looked at her father and I thought, <clears throat> I doubt that very much. No, I mean, I'm just saying, if somehow drum- jumping on a trampoline for an hour can maybe, you know, serve the country, that then she well, can it does. do that. It, but, it, <laughs> but I'm saying, no, because it's, uh, that, it's uh, that's just being a kid, though. Yeah. Serving your country is not being a punk. Right. And she's jumping on a trampoline. Right. You're not a punk jumping on a trampoline. You're a punk when you go into those little bobble, those those houses with the balls, whatever they were about, uh-huh. and, they get, and you bully uh- kids. That's a punk. You're not serving your country. No, she's not... <laughs> That's, I'm saying, that's good what she does, though. Yeah, she doesn't have a sash. She got a vest, you know? Do do they don't do sashes anymore? Well, now, I think they do, but she got a vest, and then they get these patches. Right, I'm supposed to iron it on. I don't don't sew, so I got the iron-on kind, and then I... Well, you should I laid it all out. I laid it all out, and then I realized I don't have an iron... So you don't have an iron? No. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So I went and got fabric glue. But no, how do you not have an iron? And she has a patch. No, no, I don't care. How do you not have an iron? No, I mean, everyone. I live in LA, man. But, no, but you, I mean, your clothes never look wrinkled. No, because I don't, you know, it's interesting in Do you Los dry Angeles. clean everything? No, I don't dry clean much either. I, I don't wash my clothes is what happens to you. No, I don't, um, I don't wear fabrics that need. Ironed, I guess. I don't. I, I never iron, but I have an iron because yeah, I don't have an shirts iron. get. I mean, you know. But see, Joanne does the laundry a lot, and she she hang dries everything. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't. You don't need an iron. So does she iron anything? When she, yeah, I mean, she, you know, she's uh, she's Italian. She irons the sheets. I'm I mean, Italian, like, but, but I don't. No, no, she irons, but she doesn't iron a lot because I think just out here, you're right. But I mean, well, then why are you so like, surprised? Because I know I don't know anyone who doesn't have an iron. I know guys. Let okay, me tell you something. I, let me tell you something. I know a guy. This is no lie. Good friend of mine who for years. Okay, he had yeah. one plate, one fork, and one knife. That's my my which, brother, which yeah. made no sense because he worked at a restaurant and he could have stolen the stuff. But he he had that Steve Cooper. Uh, oh come on, everyone steals. No, forks. I'm gonna di- I'm going to disagree. I mean, I never have because I always had silverware. But yeah. if I didn't have silver, but he had an iron, and he had, he had yeah. so bad that he had a girl come over and he had one wine glass and they wanted to share wine, so he drank out of a coffee mug. Yeah, and but he had an iron, so how okay. do you not have an? You should have an iron. Listen, man, you, this is we're gonna talk about Christine's books later, and you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna talk about <laughs> she should do a chapter on not no, having an iron. All I want to talk about is the ironing. Okay, talk first about of it. all, when I get up in the morning, I put on tennis clothes first thing. Because generally in the morning I play tennis for two hours. White people problem, people. No, White no, people's problem. Thing. No, but even if I wasn't playing tennis, I would still generally, unless I'm going to do a show or I'm going to have a meeting. Right. Uh, if I'm not going out, like if I'm just going to the grocery store or I'm just going to work on my my personal stuff, I just wear workout clothes because I feel like even if I'm not going to play tennis, I am more likely to get down and do a hundred sit ups. 
if I am dressed in my workout clothes or take a hike. But have you ever done that? Have you ever actually? Yeah, all the time, man. No, really, do you? You don't think I look in shape? No, you look in shape, but you actually well, sit there and go, oh, I'm just going to do 100 sit-ups. Like, it just, like I me. I do 25 at a pop. I try to do 25 at a pop just four, times, randomly. four times a day. Yeah. See, that's awesome because for me, I'm like, I'm like, I go to the, I, I have to go back to the gym now. But my point but, is that sometimes women get all dressed up in the morning, right? It just, just to do regular errands. They put on the makeup and the hair and they do the whole thing just to do basic things in, in terms of, I'm not talking about going to a professional workplace. I'm talking right. about when you're just leading your regular life. And once you set yourself in, in I'm talking about myself. If you set yourself up with perfect hair and perfect makeup and this really nice outfit, you're not getting down on the floor right. to do sit-ups. But we're not talking about the perfect. We're talking about you having an iron. Okay, <laughs> we're not talking about how girls get dressed to what go to the I'm beach. What I'm saying is I'm just I don't saying, wear ironing clothes yeah, but to I'm begin saying, with. But it's just... That's like a rule. If you buy a house, Jesus be rent, there should be Ladies an iron. Gentlemen. No, I'm saying, I mean, I've never, I don't know anyone. I know someone doesn't use a microwave and that's, under, I mean, I, I don't have a microwave. Okay, well, that's understandable. And I don't have cable TV. That's understandable. I'm living on a prairie. But I'm saying, in no, Los Feliz. but an iron. I don't have an iron. Listen, I, oh God. brother. Do you have a curling iron? Uh, I do have a curling iron. Oh, but you don't iron. have an iron. Okay, so I don't, I don't, this is bull crap. Listen, I got to tell you something. I, I'm, I was, not, I'm not like every other girl. I I'm really not. I'm really not. When I was when I was a single guy, I always had an iron. When I was in college, the guys in our dorms had the iron, and we but we didn't wear. You know, we wore chest king well, shit. Listen, you, you guys, just, you, that, you, have to, you didn't have to iron that stuff. DJs. You guys, you got to come on to a Facebook and log on, find Steve Cooper, and join in on this talk about whether you need an iron or you do not. I'm just saying. Or you can find me on no, Facebook, no. Christine Blackburn, and we'll talk about it. Okay, we will. But I'm just saying, it's not even if you. I'm just saying, I'm surprised you don't have an iron. Anyway, enough about that. It just so me. No, uh, let's keep talking. About no, because no, it's. <laughs> just, it's, that could be the whole hour because uh, just so you know people we're going to talk about uh, Christina's great book but she also has a great podcast which I've been uh, blessed enough to be on twice yeah and, uh, you have oh, well, I want to tell the audience your audience that recently you did one of my stand up yeah. my, um, I have some live shows that I do in Los Angeles and one of the shows is called The Story Where the Hour of Truth I get storytellers that have been on my podcast Story Where the End I have them come on stage and do live stories and you came on and kicked ass I was sick too you well, did such a great sh- set Steve, that was though because I mean, I mean, I did, I mean, I did stand up for so many years. That was my job. I know how to handle a stage, but I just uh, it was you my really fir- it was my first time when I was hosting my friend's restaurant. When I hosted Jimmy's place, I would tell stories, but it was the first time I went to a story that's a, a storytelling show per right. se. Mm-hmm. So when you when you when I'm hosting a comedy show, when I was hosting my friend's place, I could tell a story, but if it was tanking, I could talk to the crowd and do my bits right but for this was interesting because it was very fun and that's the the thing i don't perform anymore really but that's the one thing i would do i would perform the stories because i have a lot and it's just a different venue because it doesn't have to be all funny well that's just it you're not setting yourself up to fail you're telling a story and if you're truthful it you it'll just flow and people will be interested but you want to get some laughs just because if, it's, if it's a funny just, story which just, most often it is and you set your show up and it's at the improv well, yeah, West, so man, it has to be I'm all it has comedy. to be comedy so it's like you know i'm not going to sit it there and does, yeah. talk about you know you know something once or twice i've done a serious uh you know a serious topic but generally my stories all skew to comedy as well even if it's a tragic story it'll skew to comedy in fact my whole book that we're going to talk about pit to LAX my story worthy life you know, it's 15 chapters of personal, personal memoirs from growing up in Pittsburgh uh, and, and my, basically my desire to always want to be in the show business industry and in Los Angeles, but never feeling like I could do that. Right. Because when you're from Pittsburgh in a small town in America or, you know, really anywhere an hour outside of L.A., you feel perhaps that it is an impossible barrier to break, to be that, here and live here. That is true, I think, because I think also when you grow up back east, we don't really think about LA. Like for me, when I did stand up, I never thought about the move to LA. You thought maybe move to New York. Mm-hmm. And I think, and it's, you know, from where I grew up, I was accessible. And it's funny because, I mean, Pittsburgh's four hours from Philadelphia, four and a half hours mm-hmm. from Philly. And to us, that was like, yeah, we don't go to Pittsburgh. You know, like when you did a gig, you might drive to Youngstown. Well, you have everything you need right yeah, there. We had New York an hour and a half. Pittsburgh's a very comfortable place to live. And yeah, I mean, it's nice. Most and- places back east are very comfortable and not that expensive. And, you know, you, your family is close by and it's an easy life. Maybe I'll move back to Pittsburgh and get a radio job. I'll be the voice of Pittsburgh. Steve Cooper, you are an LA guy. I'm going to be the voice of Pittsburgh. Don't, hey. don't make me. 
keep you here. Steve Cooper. Hey, people in Youngstown, Ohio. This is the Steve Cooper Show. Uh, we're talking about Steelers <laughs> today. We have Heinz Ward stopping by the studio, and we're going to talk about uh, Pramani Brothers, how they got their french fries on those sandwiches. I'd be perfect. I could be the king of Pittsburgh. <laughs> you did not sound at all like a Pittsburgh. That well, was I, not I, a Pittsburgh I wouldn't accent. want to sound like Pittsburgh. That's my radio voice. Oh, I see. That's, that's my radio morning, That's my I morning see. radio voice. I see. It's different. So now, you grew up in Pittsburgh, and I know you went... So yeah, the book covers basically, real, to, to, real quick, is the point that I thought that I could never get out to Los Angeles. I could never know these people. I could never work in radio. I could never be on Cooper Talk. Uh, so what I did was I became a flight attendant, and then I went to the Peace Corps, and then I went through um, cancer. I had cancer. And it took all of this going on for me finally to come to to Los Angeles at the age of 31. So the book covers, it's called Pit to LAX. Basically, those are city codes, right? Pittsburgh to Los Angeles. And it covers, um, and that's because I was a flight attendant for seven years. So it covers uh, from being born in Pittsburgh till when I got to Los Angeles. It's a very specific point of period of time. Well, what I like also is, uh, because we had talked to us before, and uh, she has a chapter in the Jersey Shore, which is such a, a fondness in my heart that, because um, I mean, I went there when I was in college, yeah. and I went there when I was younger, and I remember, you know, I remember making out with three girls one Memorial Day night, and I was so happy. It was like I was I was like a junior in high school, and I remember it was one of those days. And I took them under the boardwalk, and I'm like, "Yeah, and my friends like, oh my god, you made it with three girls." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm so excited because me and my buddy had a house when we were juniors in high school. And uh, but it's funny from Pittsburgh. How did you find the Jersey Shore? Cause oh, it's- well, look, you know that's a whole chapter in the book is about the Jersey Shore, like you said, because my parents, you know, going to the beach. The beach was elusive when we were a kid, but but every year my parents made that happen for us and they would put all six kids into the Ford Country Squire and we would hit the the Pittsburgh or the Pennsylvania Turnpike. They would leave at like 3 a.m. The idea was that I guess that we would sleep, you know, in the car. There's three children in the middle seats and then three kids facing backward in the country squire, you know, in the in the, in the station wagon. And we would cruise the Pennsylvania Turnpike with, of course, no air conditioning. Um, and we couldn't sleep. We were too excited. Right. You know? And we'd stop at the rest stops and we would have donuts out, you know, out of the container with the cinnamon and the powdered sugar and the plain donuts. See, we weren't, like, when we would go on vacations, mm-hmm. we weren't allowed to do that. We weren't allowed, because my, my parents, my, my dad had his car, my mom had her car. Yeah. Oh. And, and you couldn't, like, no, my, my, my mom, like, you, my mom never drove my dad's car. And we weren't allowed to eat in my dad's car. Yeah. So I was like, we could never get donuts. because. But we would tailgate. No, this is like okay, tailgating see, okay. at a rest stop, right? And then we would get to the ocean. And, you know, every year we'd each get a dollar to spend on a souvenir. And, you know, my mom, we would go up to the boardwalk. And she would parade us up and down, all six kids. She'd make us these matching clothes that we would wear. We were like the Kennedys, but not in Hyannisport. Okay. In Ocean City, New Jersey. Going to the fudge shops one at a time to get a small sample of fudge. Oh, that, that was great. I mean, we, we went to Atlantic City when Atlantic City was good like I still remember I got I must have been five or six and there I still remember on the Atlantic City boardwalk there was a place called the Orient Express yes I remember and it that. was a, uh, a roller coaster which mm-hmm. I mean now it doesn't compare it's basically like a it's you it's like a it was, like it was so small yeah, it's like a little fair but it was on Atlantic coaster. City boardwalk right. yeah it was a little fair but I remember it would go and it would it would Going to dark and that scared the crap out of us. But I still remember that. Yeah. And then, of course, Atlantic City became a crap hole. But Atlantic City for a while there was just glistening, wasn't oh, it? Well, it, it, it was had, an amazing oh, steel place pier in the 80s. and all that it steel pier. Not in the eighties, really. I mean, I went. To, I mean, earlier when I was a kid. Yeah, man, and, 85, but, 86, yeah, or eighty four, all through yeah, that. But I mean, because I went to college right near there, and it was still it was still shady. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean that's the thing. It was like the casinos opened, so it was cool, but it was still had that. Just like that shadiness, and now the poor, the poor city, like oh, five of the casinos have closed. I mean, well, Trump has oh, pulled out as well. Yeah, and like it's funny because my college, Richard Stockton, actually bought the showboat, and they're going to put a campus there, mm-hmm. to, which is great. But so, so you, you you started. I mean, now when you were going, when you were a kid, and you were doing all this, you know, think in Ocean City. Did you ever think that it would ever end up being coming in a book? Or I mean, as a no, kid, no, no, this is all very right. No, this is just what families do. I thought, no, you but, know. Yeah, but so, but but I mean, when you were a kid, you probably never thought that it eventually come to fruition, become in a book. No, I didn't think that. No, of course not. And so when I when I finished. Um, college I went to school at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh I became a flight attendant because I didn't really know what to do I had only been a waitress and my degree in college really didn't mean anything I just you know it was very general in psychology or something and so I thought well if I'm a waitress and I'm good here on the ground I should be able to do that you know in the air now now when you when you were a 
uh, flight attendant. They're called stewardesses yeah. back then. When you uh, no, I mean, you know, I was just thinking. Actually, I became a flight attendant in '89. Now, the, which is going to be twenty? I think is that twenty-five years ago? Yeah. My math. I'm not a good, twenty-five years ago. Twenty-five now, flipping years ago. It's is, unbelievable. Did they? Is that when they still weighed you? Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, they they try us. to do that now, which you can tell and they don't. There's a don't. whole chapter on that. In so the you're book. right about it because I mean, no, what I mean, what's that? It's so funny because no one, no one ever thought anything bad about that. It's like when I remember when I was in college, mm-hmm. I went near Atlantic City, and a cocktail waitress. We get a lot of people from the casinos would take a night class, like a six o'clock class, and uh, a cocktail waitress was saying the same thing. They yeah. used to weigh you, and if right. you weren't your weight, now that could never happen, but. Because everyone would go freak out, but not, yeah. but I don't see like I don't see a problem with that. I mean, if I mean it's your if if you sign up for a job that says you have to weigh this, it's like I can't sign up for a job to you know for just for men because I'm bald. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean that's a thing. I mean, what did did they actually just sit there and weigh you? Yes, exactly. So there's a chapter of that in my book. I shit you not. Pit to LAX, my storyworthy life. Uh, there's a chapter. You can go to storyworthymedia.com and you will find uh, the book there. And there's a chapter about when we were in training. So we spent uh, six weeks at the Royce Hotel in training in Pittsburgh to become flight attendants. And the hardest part of training was every week we would have a weigh-in. And they would literally line us up in this auditorium. And one by one, we would have to step on first a, a, a thing where they'd measure your height and they would say Blackburn five foot four, and the one girl would write it down, and then and then she'd go in the chart and she'd look can weigh one hundred and twenty pounds, and you'd step on the scale, and the other person would yell would yell out weighs one nineteen, return to class. So I was like, right now, Steve, I'm one hundred and twenty five pounds. So yeah, 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 I, at that I would time, think you were lighter. I think you were lighter. One hundred twenty five pounds is not a lot of weight, dude. No, I know, but you're five four. Yeah. No, I thought you were like one ten. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Ladies and gentlemen. No, because my, my girlfriend is 5'3", and she weighs 104. Here's the thing, you guys. Here's the thing. You could not... You if It was so easy to get kicked out. And if you did not make weight right then and there, if they said 121, they would say, get your books and go to the van. And they would put you on a van, take you to the airport, and fly you back to wherever you then came you're from. You're done. you're out. You're, you're out, out, They're going to give you a second chance. No second chances. And they would do this every week. I mean, it was absolutely brutal. Now, did you ever see anyone get thrown out? Uh, oh, my gosh. People, people got thrown out. When I started training to be a flight attendant, okay, there were about 220 people in the training class and we finished with 110 they cut 50% of the people out if you wore the wrong size earring your earrings couldn't be bigger than a quarter if you weren't wearing a beige bra and they would check your your bra had to be beige really? it couldn't be black it couldn't be what it had to be beige if you weren't wearing you know high-heeled shoes if your fingernails weren't a certain way they were so specific and they were very 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 uh, specific about the uniform you by the way when you become a flight attendant you you have to buy the uniform they don't give it to you no you buy it one time through and then the replacement pieces uh, you can get for free but they'll take it out of your paycheck for like three years they'll take out like 20 bucks a paycheck for a period of time till you've paid off your uniform how much is a uniform about 1300 bucks for a, for a uniform because what it includes wait, wait, is- you're telling me that when I get on mm-hmm. with those those mm-hmm. dopey looking things on Southwest when mm-hmm. these are the and even now but now they wear shorts I don't and know about stuff. Southwest but when I was working for US Airways yeah I mean it's the polyester suits now you have to understand it comes with two blazers you know the double breasted blazer the single breast of blazer two kinds of pants the summer dress the winter dress the winter coat the raincoat the umbrella the suitcase so when i say uniform i mean all of it oh, so it's a bunch of stuff of course it's a bunch of stuff wow. man it's like the ups guy they got a lot of stuff and the hat it's all brown did you get to wear the hat you know, the, we didn't have a hat they didn't have the hats uh, we were flight attendants though we weren't stewardesses okay but then they would have something called a serving garment okay and that's like an apron you wear in the air and they were so specific about when you wore this serving garment in other words, you had to wear your three-piece suit or your, um, your double-breasted blazer on takeoff and landing, and you could only wear the serving garment during serving food and beverages. And one time, to illustrate this fact, we were watching these videos. It was Accident Week, which is a lot like Shark Week, but it's with airline accidents. So actually, no, actually, so they show, are they, yeah, are they real Are they real accidents or yeah, are they reincarnated? Real, they were real like, accidents. Not, not reincarnated, we would, re-in, uh, reenacted. Yeah. No, these are real accidents we would watch all the news footage of it when, during accident week. And we were watching this Air Florida crash um, outside of Washington, D.C. into the Potomac River. It took off out of Dulles and it crashed on takeoff, killing 
everybody on board but about five people. It landed on the bridge. Yeah, it landed on like seven cars. I don't know if you know this, but Howard Stern got suspended. Mm-hmm. He got fired because the radio station he was on called and they said they wanted a one-way flight from Dulles to the, the bridge yeah. and he got fired. I think I do remember that. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, is we're watching this video and the airplane is literally, it's sunk into the river. The only thing out of the airplane is the tail cone. There are only five people make it out, including a flight attendant. And she is being carried out out of the water there's icebergs all around people are standing on the banks completely helpless to help the helicopter is she's on a rope dangling from a helicopter and she's wearing her serving garment and the instructor stopped the tape and said you see that you see that do you want to be wearing your serving garment on national television that, that's 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 disgusting. That's funny, but that's funny. But what cracks me up is though I don't understand. I think it's awful. Like you want to be you know, a flight attendant, and they go, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to show you crashes." I mean, oh, yeah. it's it's like being if you like a race car driver. I'm the sure Sioux say, City hey, crash. I mean, it's not but that's that's, it's that's really not interesting. That's not like something that you know. Hey, I want to do this. Oh, because we all. I mean, I have a friend who's a pilot, and he says, you know. Because I used to be afraid to fly. Yeah. And then I'm I'm fine with it now. But as he said, he goes, "It's so we and you." You know, you get used to it. That's our fear. But it's like if someone's sitting there, you want to fly. But it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to take time to show you crashes. I think that's just morbid. Really? Yeah, it's like it's like, I don't. You have to learn about it. It's yeah, like going yeah. to watch open mics comedy. You There's know why you have to go though. to open mics? You no. got to watch people crash and burn. No, but you get going to a. I mean, I think it's stupid. You have like, to learn your craft, and you have you to don't learn your craft. Seeing a plane yeah. crash. That's that, right. You, that you're not going to do anything. It's and like, I it's always like, wore oh, my blazer how, on. This takeout. is how I'm going to die. This <laughs> this is that's what you're watching. This is how I'm going to die. I think it's bull crap. Anyway, this was years ago, and in fact, I used to call it, or I do call it, the good old days of flying. I didn't know it was the good old days, but of course, before security and before 9-11 and all that, um, it, was a, it was a better time to fly. I'll say that. And I've learned something, that back then when you were getting all dressed up, yeah. you were wearing polyester, so you didn't need an iron, and that's why you don't have an iron to this day. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking Now listen, about. when I stopped being a flight attendant, I did that for like seven years, then I went into the Peace Corps, okay, and I went to the Kingdom of Tonga, and let me tell you something, there are no irons in Tonga, Steve. I'll say that. Well, no, that's I understand that. Okay, I'm just saying there's another instance of why I don't need it. There's no electricity. And and I, it, that's there's, right. So there's that's the thing. Okay, fine. So now I'm in LA. I still don't need an iron. Okay, you see well, what I mean? You, I don't so now it. we have basically described the last 25 years of my life, and you can see as I can, and everyone listening can understand why I don't need an iron in my life. I want to interrupt you real quick to ask you one thing because I know you're you're you're. There's the story worthy podcast. My story worthy life is the book. So you're getting it's your branding. Story, and, yeah, story worthy media. Now, how did you come up with the whole story worthy idea and just the whole name uh-huh. and your logo? Because people, it's it's a, it's a good logo. It's, Thanks, man. If you look at it, it's uh, it's funny because when I, when I logged it the first time, I didn't. I thought it was blocks, mm. but it's not. It's it's it looks it's a block, but it's got the the orange the red and I think I, I thought when I first looked it, you can't see, see people. I thought it was a line across there, but I just noticed it isn't because and I had the bookmark at my mm-hmm. place because she has bookmarks and uh, they're, they're very <laughs> and cool. lighters and uh, the lighters and I have a lighter, but I don't have it because I don't smoke and I don't need a lighter because I used to smoke. You, just, you you're telling me you and the lovely Joanne never light a candle. Uh, she has light small candles. Oh my god! Well, no, this do, is getting more and more. I, I have absurd. matches. I have matches. Okay. Okay. Thing is matches. I have. I'm, Look, I gave you a good quality I have lighter. It. I have it in a drawer, but I don't, right, don't want to use it. Well, and, open the goddamn people, drawer. People can't like if, like we have we had a Super Bowl party and people aren't allowed to smoke in the house because mm. I'm an ex smoker and plus I don't want people. How smoking long did you house. smoke? I smoked honestly. I smoked. Um, on and off from when I was 16 to when I walked out of the hospital two and a half years ago. Oh, fuck. Really? So, That's a long so time. I smoked, but I would stop and then I wouldn't smoke. And I wasn't a constant smoker. Yeah. Like, I didn't really smoke. I smoked in college when I drank, which was all yeah, every yeah. night. Yeah, I know what you mean. I would smoke, but then Casual, later I smoked and I would smoke. But I wasn't one of those people that, yeah. you know, when I waited tables, you'd always have that server going, oh, oh, I, I'm so stressed. I got to have a cigarette. I never smoked when I worked because you smell yeah. like crap. And yeah. I didn't want my tables to have me smelling like crap. Yeah. Well, and the I good just, news about smoking is that you truly, if you if you smoke and then if you stop, your lungs do regurg- oh, re- totally. regenerate themselves. Rege- so in other words, there is hope. If well, people see, are out there thinking like, ah, fuck it, I've been smoking for so long, what's the difference? There can be a huge difference well, if you stop, see, stop right away. What happened to me also was, is when I got out of the hospital, you know, with a heart problem, I said, you know, why would I smoke anymore? Yeah. You know, so I, I that was two, two and a half years ago. 
Haven't even thought about it. Yeah. Just Good for you, never. man. And I gave up right caffeine. On. I was like, yeah, the hell, I don't need it. Oh, I love caffeine. Yeah, but I don't, because I have a, a regular heartbeat, so I'm like, I don't need it racing. Yeah. It races in and off anyway. You yeah. Know? So I'm like, and I drink decaf. I love the taste of coffee. Do you drink Senka? No, no. Because <laughs> you know what? I Remember it had the orange top at yeah, the diner? It was, well, no, Sanka, no, Sanka was. The no, orange coffee no, pot. No, 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 no. I, let me, I know my, I know my. Oh, thing. geez. Here we go. Orange coffee is decaf, which Sanka is, but Sanka only came in the packets. No, but they, in, they bring in you, you it at the diner, you want decaf. Right. It's going to have a, it's going to have an top. orange top. But that's decaf. That's not Sanka. Sanka is decaf. Sa- but Sanka comes in a package. Oh my god! It's just gosh. like when, when Virgin America flies, if you ask for decaf, mm-hmm. they give you a thin, you have to add it like it's is instant right? coffee. I'm mm-hmm. like, really? Instant coffee for decaf? <laughs> but I love decaf. I, I'm, I, I get decaf. I don't really Crack drink soda, but I'll get decaf uh Coca-Cola, Diet Coke. You know what I find uh, as people get older? The older the person, the more likely they are to just drink hot water. Have you seen that? I'll drink hot water with lemon. Yeah. People that's just good. have in the hot morning. water. Yeah. But that's hot water. I could just get hot water. old person thing, Steve. But just, no, hot- Once you start drinking just hot water, no, you, no, hot you're water in the later part of your life. I'm not life. drinking just hot water. Okay. I'm Once drinking hot water and lemon. you hot water and lemon, you are now no, in the later actually, part of your life. I'm just saying. No, a lot of people- And I'm in the later part of my young life. Young people drink it when they wake up because it's a cleanse. And hot water and lemon is is that read about it? You see it on Facebook, people posting about it. Hey, you guys, if anybody out there is drinking hot water and lemon, come on over to no, Storyworthy Podcast. I'm just, I'm just Story- saying, no, hot water, but it's just hot. Yeah, if you just drink hot water, that's weird. It's like, why would you just drink hot water? Okay, so today we have covered hot water and irons. And we've covered a few chapters of your book. That's cool. Let me tell now, you about Storyworthy. Yeah, I wonder how, how, okay, how Here's you got how it name. happened. A couple of years ago, I was doing a lot of the moth storytelling around town. You know, the moth is a, it's a storytelling show that started in New York in 1997, and it came to L.A. in the early 2000s, and I started going around and doing these shows. It's basically you stand up, you tell a true story for five minutes, and I liked that idea very much. But what would happen is when somebody was done telling the story, you would want to say, like, well, then what? And then what? And then what? And you couldn't because they're off stage and they're gone. And then you never see them again. So I started thinking, um, you know, then what? So that was my first, the first inkling in my head. And then Adam Carolla came out with his show in 2009, the, the Adam Carolla podcast. And I'm, a, I'm still an Adam Carolla fan. But that gave me a bright idea that, wait a minute, what if I mix the love of storytelling that I have in the moth with the idea of asking people what happened after when their story ends with a podcast. And so therefore, I'm kind of blending all of these ideas. And I'm naturally a very curious person. So I came up with the idea of the Storyworthy Podcast. So we have a guest on the show. They bring the topic, whatever they want to talk about. Like when you came on the show, Steve, the first time you came on the show, you talked about a car accident you had. So the title of the show was Car Accidents. And everybody can relate to that because everybody's had a car accident of some sort or knows somebody in a car accident. And then the second time you came on, you talked about... Dressing um, up like corn. Dressing up like corn. Again, everybody has a story about (laughs) dressing up like corn. No, but it was... It was about a crappy job. A crappy job. That paid a ton of money. It was called... I think it was... The episode was called um, I, I, Shitty Jobs yeah. or something. But the point is, is then uh, the person brings the topic. So that's what they talk about. And that's the point of reference of the show is what they bring to the table. When their story's over, I say, and then what? And then we continue on. So it's not long form interview. It's more uh, each 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 episode is very specific to what the story is. Well, the thing's different about your show, which is also is very cool. And, and, and you're not used to that in a podcast is, and I noticed as the guest, it was just weird because in the beginning... My mic's off. I can't talk. And what's, but that's cool because, no, but that's great because you guys are doing it. And, and so many times people, like, I know you. Yeah. So, you know, but if, if someone was, interrupts my opening monologue, if I don't know, I'm like, what? The, yeah, you're not know? hearing that. Yeah. But, you know, but that's what's cool about your show is because people, I mean, I'm sitting there and the, even though they're right there and, and you're like a little kid, you're like, obey oh, them because, first of all, I wouldn't talk anyway if they said don't talk. I'm not like that. But your mic's off. But then what's cool about it is then when you tell the story, they give you that respect back where they turn their mic off so yeah. they don't interrupt your story and a lot of times people interrupt and stuff like that but that's what's good about it is that you can tell your story and at no point do you sit there and think you know okay because it's it's weird telling a story if you're not used to it because you know i'm used to talking interviewing and talking but when you sit there you know i had notes and you want to tell a story and you want to make it long enough you don't want to sit there and do a three-minute story because then you look like a dick and the, but the <laughs> thing is but then it's good is because it makes you concentrate just on the story and communicating it from the yeah. from the mouth to yeah. the microphone and, you, you and through to, to, the, to the people out there yeah, you, know? you guys saying anything yeah. but then what's cool is at the end then it's an open forum and that's just very different because a lot of times you know and it's good it's because they, they don't 
overdo it. Like my show is exactly an hour. Yours is like a little under an hour, I think. Yeah, 55. Which is perfect because there's so many people who do these podcasts going for like an hour and a half and it's like no one wants to listen to that because it starts droning on and a lot of times, unless it's a big name, if someone's doing a podcast that goes for that long, you really don't want to hear it right. unless it's a guest that's so interesting. If it's so Howard Stern or if it's somebody that right. you really love. It's a little bit different, yeah. but even Adam Carolla and Mark Maron, those guys, they always keep their show at about an hour 15, an yeah, hour but, 20, and that's fair. And they have great guests, mm-hmm. but it's like you don't want to hear about some comic talking to some other comic you never heard of about right. drinking. Well, here's the other thing I learned about storytelling and doing the Storyworthy podcast is that uh, it's true everyone has a story. That is true. Everyone has a story, but not everyone can tell a story well. And so I do find that entertainers, specifically comedians and writers, tell very good stories. Also, I've had on several directors and authors. So I kind of cover a lot of different people, but it's kind of everybody here in Los Angeles. And I guess I do that because of, uh, you know, this whole thing about me coming to Los Angeles and it taking me so long. I find that there's a certain type of person that lives out here who has made that leap of faith. Like, even if I have to struggle, even if I don't have a lot of money, I'm going to be amongst my peers and and that's who the people in Los Angeles are. I mean, in the entertainment industry. Oh, yeah. It's a specific sect of people for sure. But this is where the concentrated people are. And what's funny is also is that people don't unrecognize this. And I've noticed from a lot of guests on my show that everyone goes through their struggles. And, you know, I've had big celebrities, not big celebrities, but people yeah. who have been, you know, have been working forever. But they've gone through their, their struggles. People who are on TV series now who have sat there and been cast in a show and got fired at the table read not because of them but and so that's what people and that's what's great because there are so many stories out there and I think creative people can tell a story and that's the whole thing about comics it's the old like the movie Broadway Danny Rose comics would sit around a table we used to do it in Philadelphia and you just talk about a booker and then you tell a story and, and you're used to that because there's the camaraderie yeah. and you're creative and I think that's why like when I have comics come on my show even anyone I say no bits don't do any bits because yeah. I don't want that because their stories are going to be funnier than their bits because mm-hmm. their bits they've done so many times and they've done them so many times on radio that they're not fresh. But you get someone telling a story about, you know, like you had Ed, you had Ed Krasnick on your show a few times. Oh, yeah, he's the best. And Ed was on my show and I, and I had met him. I did a show with him years ago at this Springfield, Massachusetts, and he got fired on a Friday night. And, and I was sitting there because the owner was like just idiot not yeah. the owner but but i talked about it and he then he told this story about what happened he forget, he didn't believe i remembered it but i just met him but i remember stuff like that and it's and he was like he went on and, and it was so funny because it happened to him and looking back at it now you've sat there over the years and you remember that yeah and that's what's great about your shows because people can tell stories that you know they remember a story because when you say when you said to me tell a story then you usually bring your best stuff yeah, you, you usually s- bring what you know something that really and something you go specific that happens and yeah and you're yeah. intimidated you go, wait a second and then you say it has to be like 8 to 10 minutes and you think oh, wait a second and then you forget that if you tell a story most times if you tell a story at a bar you, you're telling it real quick but if you actually tell the full story and have the forum it can be longer that's what's good about your show that people Thanks, can man. they can have the forum to sit there and you know of course you don't want someone telling a 20 minute story because you know unless it's like it's like, it's like you watch Letterman uh, sure. Well, uh, Jay Thomas. Mm-hmm. It's on every Been year. On forever, yeah. Every year at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he tells the, as Letterman says, the best radio story ever. And it's about him and the Lone Ranger. And I, I heard it, he does it every year at Christmas. Yeah. But it's a great story because it's a few, eight minutes, seven mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go too long. And that's what makes a great story. Well, also, I have a game show called Shotgun Storyworthy, and you've played that because you played it on the show. Shotgun Storyworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spin, I done there's the a huge, show. there's a huge wheel. You spin this wheel, and whatever the topic lands on, you know, wherever this wheel lands, there's a topic there, and then you tell a one minute story. So that's even faster. Um, but, and so that's more of almost like an anecdote, like one thing. So if you land on mom, I don't want to hear your mom's life story. Just give me the first thing you want to talk about when thinking about your mom. Tell me one thing for a minute about your mom. But a minute, a minute. It's hard. It's not hard, but it's you sit there and you don't want to go over and like it's well. You do that show. Well, you can't go over a minute because you get shot. That's the whole no, idea of the show. Yeah. So you get, you get shot. <laughs> well, there's a shot. It's called shotgun storyworthy. So if you go over a minute, you hear that. <laughs> you hear a huge gun go off, and that's your indication that you have lost. So wait. So it's you, a game show. So you go and you find a shot. Gun I have. Sound it, I have. I'm going to play it for you right now. It's no, on no, my phone. No, I'm going to play it. Okay, people. She has a shotgun <laughs> effect, but she doesn't have an iron. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, one time I was down shopping. Let me hear the shot. I'm going to play it for you right now. One time I was down with my nephew um, shopping at this flea market, and there was this like this crazy bloody scream mask, and I thought it was so cool, and I bought it, and later on my nephew wanted to buy this like a leather whip thing. I said, why would you buy a leather whip? And he's like, you're the one who just bought a bloody mask. Right. Cheers. Well, you never know. Here you go. Okay, see that? So if you go over a minute. But do they hear show, that? Yeah. Can they hear that? Yeah, they can hear it. Because I can barely hear it through the microphone. She's putting it through a microphone. And I have headphones. I can barely hear it. You didn't hear that. I, it sounded like someone jumping into the ocean. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> So no, no. How often? So funny. So we perform that around town. uh, Anytime, anywhere from twelve to fifteen, twenty times a year, we perform shotgun story worthy, and it depends on what the um, what the prize is. If I get a good prize, I get so many people that come out to play. You can imagine. Now, does the audience? They they all go. uh, Does everyone tell a story? Anybody who wants to put put their name in the hat, and then we call out the names. And I've been able to give away iPads and hundred dollar gift certificates, and you know some good things. So when I have good prizes, I'll get like fifty people in the audience. I won't be a ringer. I'll pull up like 30 names and so that's 30 people telling a one minute story and it moves very quickly no. but I'll have celebrity panel uh, celebrity judges and I just host it now can, am I'm I a allow- game show host. am I allowed to do it if I've been on your story worthy absolutely man so in fact I, can, I encourage you I to come and do, do Shotgun story. story worthy it's quite funny it really yeah, then I feel really bad. is what if, what if I lose to some guy who's never I told a story this huge wheel I had to I bought this wheel it's a game show wheel it's from Riverside promo wheels it was $680 wow I bought a prize wheel. Now, how do you get that around? I've sold all my gold to buy this wheel. How do you get that wheel around? In the back of my Subaru. Now, do you have a true... what is it? A, 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 a Subaru Outback. No, it's like okay. an Outback. Okay. But the point is, is I sold all my gold to buy a wheel because I need a game show more than I need jewelry That's and true. an iron. Exactly. Well, the iron you could because you can you know iron the wood. Now, <laughs> how, now, how did you come up with the colors, orange and red? Um, For your design, did you? The graphic designer that I use, I think she came up with them. Although I love yellow. Yellow is like a very healing color. I don't know if you knew that, but. Um, Yellow is a really, you know, if listen, I'm not like, I am sort of hippy dippy, but I generally don't go into numbers and colors and sound waves. But if I were to say a color that I think is a good idea if you're down or depressed would be yellow. I could see that unless you don't like mustard. And so therefore I think story worthy. That's why I came up with yellow because it's an uplifting. Listen, at the end of the day, my show is a win-win. Everybody leaves happy. I am not drilling anybody. It is not about a hardcore interview to find out any specific facts. I'm very, very soft. You know, now, soft, I was, I was going to ask you about your live show. Please uh, do. Um, how do you find like for me? I was on your show, and, and then Hannes is your co-host. But then you said two people you didn't really know who they were, he hadn't met. Mm-hmm. How do you find them to be on your show? Does someone say? Does someone say, "Hey, this person"? Not mm-hmm. for your no, not no, for your, rate, not for your I, podcast, I, but for right. your live show through fa- uh, Facebook. There's a community called Storytelling Los Angeles or Storytelling LA. Could I join that? Uh, of course, you can. Well, you have to be invited, but I'll invite you. Because I would. Like I'm going to invite you tonight. I would like to do more storytelling. Storytelling things. Los Angeles, and so you you start joining these small communities, and there's many of them. Story Salon. Um, um, story Muse. Anyway, you join these small communities on Facebook. And what I like to do when I when I um, do a, the story where the hour of truth, I like to put on the show three people that I know. Like I know you. I know you're going to be all right, and you're going to be a, a surefire hitter. I was. I was. I did better than you thought. But then you did real well. You weren't sure how. But I was then gonna do. I like to um, bring in new people because, like I said before, everyone does have a story, and you never know when there's going to be a good one. So I throw it out on those sites to. I'll, I'll take anybody that wants to come on the show. Whoever tells me first which is usually within just a few minutes um then i put them up see that's cool and and usually it works out sometimes not so much but the good news is the story's going to be over in less than 10 minutes right that's what's good <laughs> now with the story with the book okay and the book has the dates on front from 66 yeah that's when you were born wow good so call i'm so, so excited you, so you saw your, that your birthday's coming up i'm gonna be 50 years old wait 50? no you aren't I'm going with 50. You aren't. I know, but I'm just going to say I am. No, because Joanne turned, Joanne was born in 66. She turned 48. In, I know. And you'll be 49. Listen, you do the math you want to do, and I'll I, do the math I, I want to no, do. I turned 51 at the end of October. People so. lie about their age all the time, Yeah, but Steve. most people don't make themselves well, older in Hollywood. I'm You're making yourselves older. That's right. See, and she's called me an old person because I, I drink water and lemon. She's making herself 50. I'm 50 I bet, years I bet, old. I bet if you went to her place, she'd have like a big 
water cooler of hot water. She just sits there <laughs> with a tea, and, and, she, and, and she probably sits there with a teacup on a coaster. That's right. She, but no, it goes from it goes from, right next to my weed and Coors Light. I see why well, I don't. You don't drink Coors Light, do you? I do. I know. Light, no, regular Coors is good. Coors no, Light's awful. Beer. No, I like Coors Light. I know. Listen, the high, maybe it's something uh, people don't like about me, but that's Miller what Champagne I, I beers like, is good too. Regular. No, I like Miller Coors Champagne. Light. I like Stella Artois, Stella. and I like Amstel Light. But if you're talking about like a, a, a like a, 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 ro- a sideshow uh, kind of a beer, something that you might find, you know. Right of course, off the rap, I, Coors Light. I, I'm not a huge Stella fan because it's just I do it gets love me Stella. buzzed. It gets oh, more than others. It. I, I drank this good beer at Christmas. It was this um, Trader Joe's uh, vintage Christmas ale. Oh, and it was like 9.0. It was a a 25 Whoa. ounce bottle I got a little nice little buzz off that one bottle. of those but you drink done. it in a snifter warm oh but now, interesting now the book goes from when you're born to 97 when I got to Los Angeles okay. exactly so, so, so it's, it's a couple of chapters about Pittsburgh growing up in Pittsburgh a couple of chapters about being a flight attendant a couple of chapters about being in the Peace Corps and a couple of chapters about surviving cancer and then crossing the country and then the final chapter is about appearing on the dating game why which you you've told that story so there you go and now what made you take 17 years to write the book at what point did you feel you're ready because you are opening up and people it's always when people write books you're it's not telling like when you tell a story on on stage it's done but this is they're they're funny but they're it's you're still you're opening up and you're you are bearing your soul so i know right but but that's good that people can do that but what took you so long to sit through why did it take you 17 years i mean was there any certain reason or you just you weren't ready to do it then or now you said i've been writing the stories for a long time perfecting the stories to where I really am happy with them and as a creative person it's very hard to be happy with anything I very very uh, in fact now I don't even want to look at the book <laughs> I mean I do those stories are great well, but I mean, it's, yeah, you know, I, mean, I just it's I just kind of want to put it behind me and I want to move on and I feel like getting to Los Angeles was such a major feat for me it shouldn't have taken this long and I guess I want to encourage people to if you want to get out here and you want to do this, you can. It's not any different than where you're living now, but we have better weather. I mean, you know, it might be harder to live and you might not be able to have the huge house or the amount of cars you want, but it can happen and you can live here and you can and you can really go for your dreams. And so um, I guess now really putting it out because there is a chapter about being raped as a teenager and that's very personal. And there is a chapter about being rejected and, you know, um, several times and my father... Um, you know, not seeing my father for nine years at one point. So there is a lot of personal stuff. Uh, but I think, I don't know, maybe my dad, you know, he passed away early last year in 2014. And perhaps that kind of got me more motivated, probably. So but when you finally decided you were going to do it, because you had these stories. Yeah, and they, I've had the stories, right. Well, have they been written down or do you keep them in your head? Like, no, me, no, I keep no, they're them written down. It's all written okay, down. Okay, so you're, you're one of those people I'm a writer, writes. writer See, all the I mean, I, I have, you know... As I said, well, my cookbook I, is written, and my my stories I don't. As I said, I've written one. <clears throat> I'm working on the other one, but I don't sit down. If I sit down, I, I'll write. But you forever. know, you can do it in like a transposed way now. There's many apps that where you can just use your voice and it'll print it out for you. Yeah, I'm or not. It'll, um, I, I don't want to do that. You know, I, but sooner or later, if you want to write your book, then oh, no. you got to have it in words. I want. I know, but I want to write it. I don't, oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I used to. I used to actually handwrite everything. But oh, then, brother, then you're not going to use a quill, are you? What's that? You're not going to use like a quill. Oh yeah, I have a quill, and I have <laughs> parchment. I have parchment. I, and I, hot I, water. Yeah, I make my girlfriend hold the scroll, and I go, "Okay, honey." It's and right I, by his I iron. Spray. Yeah, exactly. And it's but no, for, but for uh, so you wrote them all down. So you had them all. I've had them. I've been telling them. I started telling stories like this from the moth, you know, and no. I've been writing and writing and doing the, all the storytelling and stand-up comedy and just performing, performing, performing. And finally, it's like, wait a minute, I do have a good story to tell. And, you know, via the Storyworthy podcast, you know, it's kind of like over the years, I've told so many stories. I mean, I have like 260, 270 episodes now. So there's like all these stories have come out. And so now I've kind of just got a really good collection together. And people will find it interesting um, because, it, you know, I did these different paths. But how, okay, you have so many stories. Mm-hmm. So how did you sit there and go through and say, these are the ones I'm going to pick? Well, you don't, because you don't... I, I picked, it's all hardcore, man. I try to start every chapter and finish every chapter, just the meat. You know, I don't, there's not a big ramp up to anything. But see, how did you pick those specific stories? Well, look, when you become, you know, a flight attendant and you go through the crazy training that I did, I mean, that, there, that's like a story, right? It's itself. I mean, when you're being, you know, your weight is being, you know, you're being weighed every week and... You know, all that foolishness that I went through being a flight attendant, that's a story. And then I, another story about being a flight attendant in the book is called Emergency on a 727, which was I went to a Steeler game and had to leave the Steeler game to fly. And on that flight, an engine blew out and I had an emergency landing. And so that's a whole chapter right there. I mean, that's a story. 
Now, do you did you edit them yourselves, or did you have someone edit it? Or? I had an I had a copy editor. I mean, I edited. I had like three or four different readers, and then I had a line editor, and. Um, it's really hard to make it final. Yeah, I mean, I would think also because, you know, you wrote something and then the thing is, it, it's your story. And then someone comes in and says, well, I think you should get rid of this. And well, you have you to separate fight? out, man. You got to separate okay. it out because you can't take it personally. The book is a product. You know, I am, I happen to be the business that I'm running, but I have to separate it out. So there's Christine Blackburn at home in Los Feliz with my cat and my daughter. And then there's Christine Blackburn, the empire. <laughs> I have to kind of separate that out. Story worthy media, uh, story worthy podcast, et cetera. So when you finally got it done, what was the feeling when you, when you actually held the book? First of all, I mean, when you're sitting there going, it's done. Like we all talk about a book and we all talk yeah. crap. And then know, but you, right? you can finally sit there, you know, it's like, for you know, like for our shows, you right. know, for me, it's like I want to do a show. And finally, when my first episode, I, I, I don't even I have it on a file, but they're not on my website. I mean, right. I have, and I have three hundred over three hundred twenty five episodes on my website, but I have about a hundred that would never air. Wow! Because just because that's when I not even maybe fifty when I first because of the out. learning process. I wasn't curve. good, and my guests you know were different. I don't know. I just yeah. and at the time I had a yeah. compact area for where I could put on Podbean. I didn't have unlimited like I do now, and of course I'm not going to put these episodes on no, now because right. I'm thing. No, but I mean, how did it feel when you actually sat there and you got and you looked at it and you went, "Wow!" Did you were you excited? And yeah. was it a great feeling when you? Yeah, I, got you're the holding copy? right now a copy is from uh, an advanced copy from the publisher that that you know yeah when I got that in the in the and I opened that up. Yeah, man, it freaking blew my mind. It really, really makes me um, feel accomplished. And I'm just glad to kind of put it behind because now I can start writing more and new chapters and, uh, you know, and move on to the next part of my life. This was a part, you know, that like struggling and getting to Los Angeles is just one part of my life. Now I'm here and I want to talk about what I do now. Now, are you <laughs> writing another book to follow this up? Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to have to. Yeah, man. I mean, I've already got chapters about having a daughter and about. Yeah, we have from 97 on. <laughs> Exactly. 17 years. So much time. You got 17 years. And Easy. I'm sure, you know, well, that's seven, you know, but a chapter course, a year. the way she's talking, you know, it's it's <laughs> 20 years because she puts her age on her. It's like 50 I don't, years old I think, is I a good number. Christine's the only one who puts age on herself in Hollywood because I think she wants to be in Lifetime movies. That's what she's doing. I want people to she's, say, you look so good for 65. That's what she, yeah, that's good, you know, but you know, no one would believe you were 65. No, okay, 50, but I am 50, but so no, there you are. you're not 50, you were born in 66. Oh it's, my God, Steve, I can't believe we're arguing oh, for, about what, irons and my age. Well, that's what that's what Cooper talk is when you come on your second time, when your first time. You're not as hip as somebody first, who ha doesn't have an iron? The first time, I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm not hip at all. Well, the first time I interview people, I find out about the career, and then they come on, like if you listen to Wendy Lehman's first episode, right. it's completely different and then Mark Valley comes in and we I just asked him what he's but he's pissed about and he talks and then right. we just talk. Like you came in I like and that. Book. I like but that. Now now the, you keep doing the podcast. You're gonna keep doing that. Keep doing it. Now who are some of the guests you've had recently? Oh gosh, I've had some really good people. I had Polly Shore on uh, last month. I know. I'm gonna get him on my show. He's a good guy, man. I really like Polly Shore. He's he's a knucklehead, is what right. he is. Just reminds me of just a, a, a just a friend. You right. know, I don't know who couldn't be friends with Polly Shore. I also had on Jimmy Dore, who has his own show, The Jimmy Dore Show. And the guy is so bright, Steve. He's so bright. We need his political mind. He was on my we show really a long time do. ago. Jimmy Dore, you ought to have him on again. He has a new book out called uh, Your Country's Just Not That Into You. But he's very, very bright. I know, he's right, yeah. Right. Um, I also had on Margo, Margo Lightman, who just put her book out, Gawky, and has another book coming out called Long Story Short. And it's about storytelling and how to tell a good story. So Margot Lightman, she's a funny, funny girl. Just love her to death. Um, and I had Yakov Smirnoff on. You know that. The okay. end of... Um in, in the end of last summer, as well as Sugar Ray Leonard, but that, which that, was that's super awesome. interesting. You know, that's awesome because I love, I used to love the boxing, and I was supposed to have Boom Boom Mancini on. Yeah, but then he, it's so funny. He called me because he moved back to Youngstown. He's like, "Oh my God, I wasn't avoiding you. I want to do it. I'll probably be back, and I'll be back in February or March, but I want to do your show." But like Sugar Ray Leonard's an icon. Yeah, he was amazing. That's you know, good. I read his book and learned a lot about him. You know, he has struggled, man, with uh, with sexual abuse and cocaine abuse and the whole thing. Man, he has gone a long way around and he's such a great guy now he looks amazing he's like oh. 56 years old and he's and got just, hit so many times that's beautiful. amazing but he, he, the thing he's is, a beautiful he's a beautiful man he just used to knock people out like, oh like, I know I, his, I remember seeing him fight in the Olympics and I, you sat there and you were like amazed like how can anyone's hands move that fast yeah so, so now the book. Now, are you when? It, when when's it going to be available? March twenty fifth. March twenty fifth. You find it at storywarthymedia dot com, and you can even pre order it now. Uh, but it's coming out uh, March twenty fifth. It's only ten bucks. 
Now, this is not an expensive book. It's about no, it's 115 not. pages. It's 10 bucks, and, and it's got a nice cover, and it's got Thanks, a, some nice quotes from people. We got a, a Lilibet Snelling. Snelling. She wrote the book Box Girl. And we have a Yakov Smirnoff, Todd Glass, Dylan Brody, and Hannes Finney. And up front, we have uh, Annabelle Gerwich. Yeah, isn't that something? I so, feel really lucky. So now, they, but when people order it, they can also just order it on Amazon and get yeah, it Yeah, you can Kindle. get it on, absolutely. But that's not until March 25th on Amazon, Kindle, and it's also an audiobook now. It'll be an audiobook. I've already recorded that as now, well. Now, what will the audiobook cost? Now, how did you do... The audiobook is going to be a little more. I think it's like I think it's like fifteen ninety five. It's a little higher because it costs more to produce, of course. Now, There's music to it as well, so it's it's a whole thing. What do they receive? Is it a download onto like it's an a, iPad? You can get a digital download or you can get a CD. Either way. It'll so be it'll be a ways. CD? E- both ways, yeah. Now, did you have a, but I suspect more people are going to get digital download. Well, I think people that are used to getting books off audio or audible.com, which is where it'll be available. Audible. Now, did you did you narrate it? Yes, of course. Okay. Well, of course. Say, you never know. Yeah, no, but most people. Well, I shouldn't say that. You're right. It doesn't just because you write it or just because it's a memoir doesn't mean you have to read it yourself. But yeah, I read it. Like if I wrote, if I wrote my book came out, if he was alive, I would have Norman Fell. Oh, is that right? I would have that him, would be a good I would idea. Have him Except that the thing is with Norman Fell is dead, most though. of his acting was because of his eyes and right, his, the say, turn of his head, or, and I don't know how you can really reproduce or that. Or Abe Vigoda, I think. <laughs> so, so now, are you? Do you plan to do a book tour or anything? Or are you? Gonna, I, I really you, want to do a book you, tour. Yeah, I'm going to for sure. I'm going to go up to Santa Barbara, also up to San Francisco, and hopefully get all the way up to Portland, and and of course I'll go back east as well and do some stuff in Pittsburgh. No, will you sign it? Yeah, I'm going to sign it, man. Are you kidding me? I'm excited. Now, but listen, I don't know. I have been thinking about what is going to be my book signature. You know what I mean? So should it be like, make it a story-worthy life? I just, Blackburn, Or is that like too cheesy? That's cheesy. Is it? Okay, so I write like, um, rock and roll. No, it's, Christine it's, Blackburn. That, no, because you're not rock and roll. Okay, how about... Um, I don't have an iron. How about, yeah, how about no irons? No, I think you just write something. Just, you know, just you'll think of something. And, okay, and, what? Tell me. Oh, let's see, a creative tag for... Uh, um, this is, we have four minutes left for talking about a creative enjoy tag. Enjoy my stories. No, that's that's you know, horrible. Yeah, um, these stories are worthy. Worthy, yeah. These stories are worthy. And you're worthy. But saying that's good, these stories are worthy. These stories just say, are worthy. I'll see you say, in hell. Just, you know, just live your own... <laughs> You live your own stories too, Christine Blackburn, because then it's not about you, it's about them. Live free or die. No, well, that's a movie, and then Bruce Willis <laughs> might be on it, you know. But no, that'd be, that'd be no, I don't know. But you know, so, so that's cool. So the, now the, the new website is StoryworthyMedia. StoryworthyMedia.com. You can also go to StoryworthyPodcast.com. We've got some different things going on, or ShotgunStoryworthy.com. They're but all websites. It's all under StoryworthyMedia.com. So it's all, that's your website now, StoryworthyMedia. Yes, that's it, and you can com. find everything right there. Now, it's is, exciting. Is, that's up, and is there... Yeah, it's up, and also um, you can head, of course, over to Twitter, at StoryWorthy. I love the tweeting. Do you like tweeting? I tweet Steve? a lot. I just yeah, I actually I enjoy I get, it. A lot of people like it because there's a big uh, thing about the um, this weekend on Undercover Boss, the guy who owns the bikini mm-hmm. bar, and he gave the girl a breast implant. Is one of the things everyone was bitching. So I tweeted. I said, I said next week on Undercover Boss, <laughs> um, Chippendale's CEO gives a dancer uh, penile implants to help his career. And a lot of people like that because everyone said it was very sexist. I tweet a lot. I try to tweet funny. My, as I, you know, I tweet stupid funny jokes. I do that. You know, yeah. I, that's what I do. I don't. I love it. I tweet about my show sometimes. I mean, I put up a thing, but it's like I, I don't know, do any political ri- no, rants or anything like that. I, I don't know, do anything. You see, that's something. But I know to tweet if people have a big following. Like I tweeted that Wendy Liebman was on my show, and I got mm-hmm. retweeted like a shitload Wonderful. of times. And people were like, oh, we love her. Uh, nice picture, of you two. Uh, and then they didn't say a thing. We love you, Cooper, because they don't. Well, know that's me. nice. Okay, yeah. that's but, beautiful. Uh, but no, so I try to tweet. But so now you tweet a lot. I do. And then I also recently got on Instagram a couple of months That's ago. Fun. And I've had a lot of fun on Instagram. The thing I've learned, though, is that you can't really, you can't post, you can't post in the future. So you have to post right now. So you see something and you post it. But you also have to know is what you have to hashtag it a lot. Well, and also, I guess I should say, I guess if you take a picture, it doesn't mean you have to put it up right then. No. Right. But it's it's not going in advanced time. Because sometimes I set up my tweet deck and set up my Facebook oh, stuff. Do you don't do that? No. I You're don't. always in the moment. Yeah, when wow, I tweet, Cooper, that's I sit cool, there. Man. I may sit there if I'm driving because I will not take my phone out when I'm driving. If I think of a thought, now I'll tweet it when I get home. Yeah, but well, I if I think of a thought, I put it on. I do it to Siri. I say Siri, take a note, and so I, I do. That's a good idea. Do you have an iPhone? No, I have the Galaxy Five. Well, I'm sure they have something. Oh yeah, like I have something. Yeah, I so it's a voice memo thing. But I'm just saying, instead of like taking a note or writing it on a thing, you could yeah. just say take you know, and then it'll send it to your mailbox. It's pretty clever. Yeah, I don't. It's, you know, it's I a just, whole new world. I think in the moment, and then when I I have my pad on my phone and I sit there and if I think of a guest I want then I'll type them right. type their name in and then 
that's what I do. And that's all I do. Everybody has know, a system. Yeah, I don't, it's like, yeah, you know, I have lots, that's why I lose so many ideas because I don't write them down. But that's okay. I don't care. The, that's the what they're going to write on my gravestone, by the way. They're going to write Christine Blackburn. She had a lot of ideas. Exactly. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. <laughs> that's what we got. To, I want to thank you now. Give all your info again, please. Just thank so you, man. find it. Give Storyworthymedia.com and on Twitter at Storyworthy. And come over to Facebook. I, I really enjoy Facebook and, as well. Christine Blackburn. And what's or the, Storyworthy. What's the Instagram? Instagram at Storyworthy. Everything's about Storyworthy. It's at Storyworthy. And, you, and they can find your show. When do you post new episodes? Every Monday, storywithypodcast.com. Brand new show. Uh, of course, on iTunes and Stitcher and everywhere else. Who's, who's up next week? Uh, uh, next week is... Oh, Paul Mercurio from New York City. Okay, Paul I, Mercurio. I, Paul. I love Paul. I know He's Paul a good very well. guy, man. Great. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. A pleasure. Thank you. And people, follow me on Twitter, at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. Also, uh, Cooper at CooperTalk.net. That is my email. If you go to my website, CooperTalk.net, I have, uh, I don't know, I think I've, I just posted my 327th episode up there. You can also go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and you can type in Cooper Talk one word there. Also, uh, listen to these networks that are great. All Radio X plays my show. They're a great station. Also, listen to WildFireRadio.com out of uh, Collinswood, New Jersey, my home area. They're going to start playing my show on January 7th, me and my friend uh, Big Daddy Graham and Joe Matteris. So I want to thank you for listening. Go check out at StoryWorth. Follow me at Cooper Talk. And remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. You guys have a great weekend.